You're listening to the Movie Crew Podcast, and tonight we're going to talk about Dune, Part 1. You no trouble. Me, fulfillment. You will be a weapon. You will be a minister of death, praying for war. But until that day, you are cute. Sound off like you got a pair. No! Welcome to the podcast. We are your host. I'm editor Brian Okins. With me here tonight, cinematographer Jared Callen. How you doing, Brian? I am dandy tonight, sir. Just dandy. Glad to hear it. We- <laughs> Thank you for the emotional support. We're- <laughs> we also have DP Mike Griggs. Doing it, doing it. Do- doing. Doing See, it. See, I said doing. Doing it. Doing it. Well. I had to get it out of the way at the top, okay? I just It's out of my system now. Hello, Brian. Oh, hey. We also have costume designer Kristen Jones. Hello, hello. How you doing? How you doing? Mm, hi. God. How you doing? Damn it. I'm not doing I'm not saying it. See, I stopped myself. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Somebody knows she, self-control She was going to do it. Oh, yeah. Everybody's doing it. Oh, my gosh. So, uh, since we didn't do uh, David Lynch's Dune last week... Uh, is this the first Thanks, time? Griggs. Yeah, way to go, Griggs. <laughs> Sorry, that one's a little too spicy. Just, just go ahead. You, you have a Spice Girls joke to also <laughs> throw in there as well. The sequel needs to be called Spice World. Oh, wait, like, we can't. It's already taken. <laughs> so did you guys ever see uh, David Lynch's original Dune? No, I was holding out for this one. No, I saw it like uh, 2002, I think, something like that. It's been a long time. Okay. No, I thought we would do it for the podcast, so I was waiting. Yeah, same. Yeah, but then Griggs kind of was like threw yeah. a tantrum and didn't. I I feel so freaking good about it, <laughs> legitimately, because the number the number of people that I've heard like that watch this movie and then they were like, oh, I had to watch it like three times because the first viewing, I I was just resetting all my expectations because every time something changed, I was like, wait, what just happened? And then I'm like thirty seconds away and I just had to catch up to the movie. Like, no shit, that's what happens when you have. I mean, Tons of expectations of source material going into a film. Experience it for itself, on its own, for what it is. I thought they were going to say they kept uh, having to rewatch it because it kept falling asleep like I did. But um, 
Well, you literally sound like my wife trying to watch Lawrence of Arabia, which I will constantly <laughs> compare this movie to tonight. So, you know, <laughs> hey, and it's not the movie's fault. It's totally my fault. I you know, was trying to squeeze it in after a long run coming back in from Dallas. Yeah. You ran all the way from Dallas. I did, man. It was, it, you know, way to go, Forrest. I just felt like running. Wanting in the miles. Um, yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't one of the co-writers on this also write? Didn't he also write Forrest Gump? Oh, did he really? <laughs> I have to double check it, but yeah, I think. Wouldn't it Eric, Eric Roth? Roth? Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he Yeah, he wrote, he wrote Forrest Gump. Look at that. It's all connected. Callbacks. No, no, no. I think that, uh, you know, I, I looked this director up, and uh, he shot, or he did uh, Brian's favorite movie. And then he also, and then uh, yeah, and then the whole time I was also watching this, Correct. I kept feeling, I kept feeling uh, like Blade Runner all over this. Uh, Twenty forty nine. Yeah, he also did that. So, uh, yeah, wow, you you called that shit correctly because he's yeah. fucking fantastic. He's yeah. made some of my Sicario. favorite movies in the last ten years. I haven't seen that one, Brian. You have not seen Sicario yet? What the fuck, bro? Oh, I've barely seen Dune, Brian. Give me a chance. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, okay. I'll I'll, I'll back up. Fair enough. Put the pin back he also, in the he also did Prisoners before Sicario, so he's he's had a fantastic run of some pretty fucking amazing movies. And and I was also feeling a lot of Star Wars in this, or is that just me like in, like you know imprinting that onto this? No, Star um, Wars ripped off a lot. No, of it's yeah for sure. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, how can you not? I mean, like the the idea of the voice is just like a Jedi mind trick. But also, this was shot by Greg Frazier, who uh, was one director of photography of Rogue One. No shit. The best yeah, Star man. Wars movie in the last 10 years. I understand. 100%. Yeah. And he, he was also responsible for The Mandalorian. So. Yeah, you know, you can't win them all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, in terms of, of developing new technology, like, the guy knows what he's fucking doing. No, yeah. I mean, everybody involved in this film er, that put something in front of the camera did a fantastic fucking job. Like, everybody. Yeah. Everyone. Absolutely. The alien worlds, the sets, the goddamn costumes, all of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just, did you hear that, Kristen? The goddamn costumes. God, they were so good. <laughs> they were great. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, yeah. Isn't okay. it nice? <laughs> isn't down. it nice to like to like look at a movie and be like, oh wow, look at the costumes. Aren't they pretty? Like, it's at, nice. It's nice. Isn't like, God it? damn it! And it wasn't even a horror movie. <laughs> It wasn't even a horror movie either. Yeah. Still a genre film, though. I know, I know. It's this, still a genre a film. Point, yeah. yeah. I was thinking about that. I was like, it doesn't really count because. Because <laughs> <laughs> this is a high nerd level genre film, too. So dial it back. <laughs> but it was really great. Like, even the silhouettes were, like, outstanding. If I had to complain, and it's this is, like, a minor complaint, I, I have a lot of questions about what they were doing with the veils. It kind of just looks like. Someone they just threw the veils over their heads, like, like uh, I was like they just threw them on their heads, and um, I mean they stuck with it through the whole film, so it was clearly a design choice or it was a mistake that someone made, and they just stuck with it because they had to. Um, that I thought that was the only thing that didn't that looks kind Explain. of out of place. Oh, so um, we don't know what you're talking about. Is it's, oh, the veils seem fine to are? me? You're talking about <laughs> yeah, Lady like, Jessica with the uh, the big orange when she's like first coming in. That to one, Arrakis. yes, yes, that one I thought was really bad in terms of it. Just looked like someone threw it over her head. I mean, typically <laughs> when you wear 
veils like yes they're on your head but like they're styled and like you wear them a certain way and there are lots of different styles um depending on where you are in the world and if you're religious or not and like there's so many different things you can do with them um and this it looks it just looked like they were like oh here's a veil pop <laughs> like it was it's not like it fell like in a certain way i mean i don't know like it just looked kind of funny to me but i did like the veils like in general I thought it was a good, I enjoyed him. Were you saying it was a veiled attempt? Cricket, cricket. Yep, sorry. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> don't even, don't even, don't even acknowledge it. Just move on. <laughs> what, what is the, uh, what, what is the little cloth design patterns that they have that also come over their face? Like sometimes they'll be wearing the veil over top of it and yeah. sometimes they won't. I was not entirely sure what that was either and that was another one when she takes off the veil and she's sitting in like I don't know like the spaceship or whatever she's in and she has like this it's like a very intricate design over her face but it it looked more decorative than functional but again it's like someone was like oh we have to come up with something new for this movie so let's just like throw a bunch of shit on there it didn't look like I mean, I'm sorry. It didn't look like there was like anything to it. And maybe that's my own ignorance. Maybe there is some sort of it's referencing something, but I have no idea what it that I also thought that looked very odd. But, you know, it's interesting. So I'm not going to complain that much about it because someone did some things. So that was nice. Yeah, I didn't know if that was like a, a cultural dress from you know, some country in the Middle East or something like that. I, I okay, so I'm not like super up on all of my Arabic everything's, but like I, I've never seen that before, uh, and I I have some reference of it, but I mean it's very possible that it's something I don't know about. I don't. I'm not you just sure. have to think of Star Wars: Attack of the Clones. Um, you know, the, the Naboo styles. That's kind of what they were going for. Oh, I don't know what that means, what? but I will say. Well, you saw the man with the little like lipstick on his oh, lip, and then what, all the one the guy. Dudes. One guy has a thing in the middle of his lip, and you're like, "Oh, it's totally Star Wars." It's totally but, Star Wars. right there. But yep. kind of on that, so I'm gonna ignore yes, all the Star Wars everything's. But I'm gonna come back to the Arabic point of view, which I did think it was very interesting. I absolutely loved how there was so much Arabic reference in this, and they kind of. Um, the costume designer made it her own, made it their own world. Um, there was actually um, another, like, I, I watched this on HBO, and there was a separate, like, costume, like, special, and I didn't get a chance to watch it yet. Um, but I loved, I absolutely loved how they took a lot of Arabic styling and, and I don't, I don't want to say updated it, but they, like, changed it for the movie and made it fit this particular style Incorporated it. in terms of like yeah like Sci-fi'd it. one of the veils that i did like um was the black mesh that the woman was wearing when yeah. she like makes the guy stick his hand in oh um, the reverend mother yeah. yeah like for all of sure. like honestly like like honestly the way they took a lot of like the burka styles and made them their own in this movie was i thought they were just gorgeous they were absolutely gorgeous they have a nice mix of uh of cultural stuff like it, yeah. it, it definitely feels uh arabic when once they get to arrakis and everything but that like to the beginning world it's got a nice like um i don't know like a scottish latino scottish vibe <laughs> with like yeah. all the bull imagery but it was 
So, okay. Yeah. There was like, you had like some like weird Scottish vibes. You had a lot of Arabic vibes. There was some like Eastern Asian that were like, I couldn't quite pinpoint vibes. And then like, there were just like spaceships and it kept throwing <laughs> me off because I kept forgetting that this is like in space, you know, millions or thousands or however many years in the future, because they kept, it was so heavy in like these, these different cultural like contexts that I kept forgetting that no, no, this well, I think that's, that's one of the major successes of this film is that they, it feels so grounded and real, even on a story that many have called unfilmable. I mean, there's been two other attempts at it. Call those successful if you want to, but this was a pretty fucking great movie and it's, it feels very real, even if it is very genre and in the future and three or four different worlds. They communicated a lot through the costuming and through the set design and each of these different like when they're like, oh, you're on this world or now you're on this world and we're talking to these people like there's just so much communicated just visually in in like three or four frames and you can you can kind of get a feel for, oh, this is like a really powerful family or this is a really expensive house that they're living in. Every time Paul was walking around with that fucking jacket before he goes to Arrakis, I was like, that dude knows what it's like to wear money like that's just that's all he knows okay i would also on that note i would like to say they did a really excellent job and so i don't know why i thought this but they the whole time that they were like talking about like the sandworms and the dunes um which they did look very cool but the whole time i was like waiting to see them because in my head i had the worm from beetlejuice and i was like i hope that's what it looks like It kind of did, though. It kind of did look like the worm from Beetlejuice. We've but... come over your daughter, you joke. <laughs> <laughs> what? The, they didn't look like the worms from Beetlejuice. Those were like, look, those were like zebra patterned. With yeah, they were black and white stripes. <laughs> they didn't have the black and white stripes, but they did have all the teeth. But no, those no, had like, were... yeah, they had like yeah, alien yeah. mouths. That like... Yeah, like if Beetlejuice had money, like this is what yeah. they would have done. <laughs> they would have done, uh, you know anus cavity worms <laughs> man they are super scary and it's just weird like how, how they can just float effortlessly through the sand like the sand becomes water when they're around i i kind of like that it's yeah, kind of like it's, that it's, in beetlejuice really... too i thought that's how they acted isn't that that's uh it's pretty normal for worms I think. <laughs> <laughs> that's how sandworms act god jared <laughs> <laughs> Jared, we've seen trimmers. Come on, yeah. well, those are those are those are. None well, they explain deal. those are graboids, and they have these little things that that grab a hold of the dirt and, 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 and like helps move through. Oh, okay, I see. Yeah, so trimmers. So you have context. Yeah. <laughs> you have a context for the for this to work. It's fine. I anyway, I really like the sand farms, though. I thought they were very cool. They were probably it's crazy how big they are. Yeah. Yeah, they were super cool. It was maybe my favorite thing in the movie. No, wait, the, my favorite thing in the movie were their little spaceships that look like dragonflies. Oh, those the little ornithopters? The, yeah, those are dope. Sure, those are thing. so fucking ass. dope, man. Every single time you see that on screen when they're flying, the, the wings with the, the fucking motion blur on those wings look perfect in every single shot, and it's ridiculous. It is, it is just obscenely amazing that it always is perfect every single time they're flying. Is it perfect, Brian? They did look a little bit like those uh, fucking, uh, I don't know, whatever those little spaceships they have in fucking Avatar. It looked very, very similar to those. It's just instead of like helicopters that 
moved around on the side. They just replaced him with wings. Very, very, very similar. But yeah, it doesn't seem very practical. But uh, it's, they're, they're kind of neat. I actually like. Seems like, you, seems like you could knock them over pretty easy. I like their weapons more than their vehicles in this. I thought the weapons and like, I thought the the weapons made the action scenes feel spectacular and just mind blowingly awesome. I like the sword play, like the, all the swords. Or are you yeah. talking about like those? Little, I'm talking like, about everything. The little flare lights that Man, become like missiles and shit. The missiles are cool. This movie has the coolest fucking laser ever put on goddamn uh, cinema. Oh yes, yes, a hundred percent. Oh my it was god! Like the first time ever that a laser shooting is actually a laser. Are you talking about and, when you like, go through the door? Stop. No. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, they set it up twice before. Then, like at the very beginning of the movie, you see like um, the Freeman, and they're just like trying to uh, get the uh, Harkonnens, not the Harkonnens. That's the David Lynch movie. What do they call them in this movie? The Harkonnens. Harkonnens. Fucking yeah. goddamn! That's gonna. I'm gonna fuck that up all night. <laughs> tomato, tomato. <laughs> it's one pronunciation. Or... But it's fine. Well, yeah. And they're they're shooting the harvesters. The lasers just like hit them, and you know they explode, and you don't think anything of it. You're like, oh yeah, it's like a fucking Star Wars later laser but then when jason momoa gets in his little ornithopter and he takes off man when you see that thing cut through all the buildings and all the layers that yeah. that is one of the most god that's just the coolest fucking thing i've ever seen i think and like the missiles when they drop down and they go through oh, the shields so fucking cool it hits the shield and then just vibrates and keeps on falling it's like oh shit and then, I love how everything has a shield, even the people, and 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 I, and I yeah. love that they show people activating it, and and just yeah. it's, it's such yeah. a neat neat little thing. Even the the red and the blue, like at at first glance, I was like, okay, well that's just obvious. But then like the more that you see it, uh, I thought it was it was a really brilliant way to be like, no, like the blue is you're safe, and the red is the color of blood, and it plays in the wide shots. Yeah. Oh, it totally does, it, which it, is awesome. It communicates so much so simply, and it was just like immediately, I was like, oh, got it. Yeah, hundred percent. I understand. You didn't need you didn't need like random exposition to be like, well, this is a shield and this is how it works. No, you turn it on and if it turns red, you're dead. Like, got it? Cool. The slow blade penetrates the shield. <laughs> that's or that's the extent of the exposition on it. Oh well, you know that's you know that's all you need. It's, they even have those little cool darts that go slow that like penetrate that shield. I mean, the fucking yeah. weapons are dope in this movie, man. God. Well, I just I love the implication that like someone designed shields and then. Everyone else has been like, well, fuck, we got to work around the shield somehow. So even the darts, like, hit the thing and then keep going super slow. And, oh, man, it was so cool. It was so cool. Yeah, it's it's the most uh, excitement I've felt in an, an action scene in quite a, quite a little while. Even more, even with the Bond film that just came out, like, I don't know. It, and this isn't, like, as kinetic as that. It's just... Story structure, you're getting information, you're world building in the middle of a fucking action scene, and how many times has 100%. that ha- happened? It's yep, oh. yep. It's, oh, it's just, it's masterful. It's so good. Okay, is it because I didn't really like the weapons? I thought they were kind of dumb. And, what? like, they would, like, listen, <laughs> listen. <laughs> Breaking my heart over here. I'm going to cry. Listen. <laughs> no, because, like, it, like even like like they sh- like they shoot like a weapon at something and then it hits the shield and then it just kind of stops and then like it go- goes through the shield and like the shield fails and it hits the thing and it's like well why did you even like have a shield like why did I have to sit and watch it gives that? you more time <sighs> it was boring I was like you could have just like shot him which is what you did but you made me wait like an extra five seconds <laughs> to like hit him like that's you what didn't feel all the emotionality happened. of like oh shit no he's actually going to die. 
No, because I was like, he has a shield, and then it went through it, and I was like, the fuck is this? Like, why does he even have a goddamn shield if he if it doesn't work? Who who are you talking about? You talking about? I don't. Well, the when when the yeah everybody. (laughs) Well, I mean, most people get wait. The only action scene I really liked was the scene with the little kid and the kind of a dick asshole guy. In the end, uh, when he's like never taken a life before, Paul is that his name? He's like the mm-hmm. only like normal yes. name, Paul. And <laughs> Paul's like, "Do you yield? Do you yield?" Like that was a cool fight scene, but that was it. I mean, that the entire movie built up to that. Like the number of times that we see people fighting with swords and knives and shit like that, and the shields working and then not working, and then finally we have this fucking knife scene. Well, fighting yeah. between these two guys, and there's no there's no shields. It's like, yeah, everybody on this planet apparently knows how to fight with these knives. I can actually agree <laughs> with that 100% because I feel like the whole movie was building up to it. And I feel like they could have just started it there. And uh, I would have enjoyed it a lot more, except they didn't. And then the movie ended. And I was like, wait, we just got started. Like, why the hell are we ending this right now? Like, it's because it's part one. It's part one. That's right. They got to do the other half. Yeah, you apparently watched it, did so. part one? Or did they put the part one after no, they part one. After they released that there was I don't be a remember part two. the seeing a part one. No, part I thought it one was, just was always, <laughs> always, always in the front of the movie. No, they didn't. Because yeah. wait, was it though? Because I it googled it today, yes. and then I yes. just saw like they announced like part two, and so I wasn't sure if. Yeah, they announced part two on part two. Friday or Saturday. I think somebody. Oh, last tweeted. week. Yeah. Anyway, the point is when it came out. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I feel like the movie didn't really get going until like the very, very end, and that's when I was like, "Oh, cool! I'm ready and invested." And that's when it ended. So you didn't feel like the movie got going until the end? Did that we is correct. watch different movies? <laughs> it is entirely possible. Yeah, they killed it- everybody in the movie <laughs> except for <laughs> the main dude and the other person who we didn't really get a chance to meet very much. Wait, so, no, yeah, no, 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 be- no, 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 no. That is totally, uh, completely inaccurate. What? No. Is it? M- most of these characters are going to be in the sequel. They're, I think so. Yeah, yeah. But they all died, or did their, their shields, like, work, and they Lito can regenerate just- their health, and they're fine, actually. Paul's dad is the only one that actually died. Wait, which one was? Well, well and, and the doctor. And Jason Momoa. I guess the doctor died, well, too. Well, Jason that's, Momoa that's is actually, come, he comes back in the books. He ends up getting cloned. Oh, that would be good. snap. Yeah. Spoilers. Well, it's for like one of the. I, I can't even remember. It's either Messiah or Children of Dune. So it's yeah, it's way down so the it's, line. It's further down. Okay. So when they, you know, they get the fourth one going. They're like, yeah, let's bring back Aquaman. No, because <laughs> hold on. Okay, and yes, they should totally bring back Aquaman. But hold on, because what happens in the beginning of the movie? The beginning of the movie is them being like, "Oh, I think my child is the Messiah." Which, hello, every parent says that. It's kind of overplayed. And then like the mom just like whines the whole time. Like, oh, my God. But, like, what if something happens to him? And it's like, eh, girl, calm down. And then, like, they go, like, meet a worm person. And then, like, they finally get to the, <laughs> to the like, Freeman people. And that's when they're going to start. That's when he meets, like, the girl that he's been dreaming about this whole time. He, like, proves that he's, like, possibly the, the Messiah, the one, the whatever. Like, the whole movie is just, like, him, like, going there. And then he has, like, a side trip to see a worm. Like, it's just, like, not interesting. Wait, so the whole movie is a hero's journey, starting off thinking that he's no one, ending up thinking that he's maybe actually someone. He meets a whole lot of people along the way, and that's not an interesting journey? What the fuck are we talking about? No, it's not. It's not an interesting journey. Did you watch it? Because it's super boring. Did did we watch the same movie? It looks so pretty. It looks so pretty. But, like, 
No, the movie is kind of boring. Mm. Jared, <sighs> back me up on this. How many times did you fall like, asleep? I feel like you need to watch it again. I, bla- I blacked out three times. Thank you. Okay, but Thank was you. this before or after <laughs> your shoot and then drive eight hours? Is that relevant? Because if it was it a good was movie, after. does this happen a lot to you, Jared? Or did this just happen to in this movie? Um, Jared, you don't have to answer that. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna make all like, of I feel you like guys watch th- Halloween Kills again. I, I feel like I feel like my parents are arguing, and then they, then they're bringing me in on it. You know, they're like, well, "What do you think, son?" I'm like, oh. <laughs> "He's doing it, guys. Uh, he's Get your glass it. of water and go back to bed." <laughs> <laughs> and that's when I started drinking vodka because <laughs> it looks like water. But it kills the pain. <laughs> I don't know, Kristen. This this is kind of blowing my mind. Like I I thought everything in in this movie, like every everything in in it, just like every piece of visual, every little line of dialogue, I was just holding on to every fucking moment. Just yeah, because they don't talk really. Like you have to because you're like, it. wait, what they just say? Wait, hold on, that might have been important. The only five minutes that they talked, or the only five lines that they talked in like five minutes. What is happening right now? I don't. I don't understand. (laughs) I don't. I don't. (laughs) What's going on? I spent the first like hour of this movie just being like, I love everything that's happening. Like every single thing that I've seen, every music cue, every fucking giant wide shot. Yeah. Every time the IMAX went. Music too. It was weird. So amazing. What? It was a, it was a bizarre mix of uh, bagpipes, uh, yodeling <laughs> from the uh, Middle East, throat, throat singing. <laughs> oh no, th- th- there was th- no yodeling. Those were the whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! I think it totally worked though. Oh, it was great, man! It was all yeah, over yeah, the place. Yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, it was just like the fantastic. design stuff. You know, is it all over the the place. It's 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 implying that there is a rich cultural history of all these worlds that is going back thousands and tens of thousands of years and it's it's fair and appropriate that each of these histories is you know grounded in some sort of reality that we can relate to and understand and then also feels a little bit alien and and new like when when they're when they're getting off the ships onto arrakis and the fucking the bagpipes start going it's like oh cool bagpipes and then it's it the bagpipe music was like a tune that I've never heard on bagpipes before. Like the number of times that we've seen bagpipes in movies and it's always like essentially always amazing the same grace, fucking songs. <laughs> it's always amazing. You, you know what I'm saying? Like it's all like you hear ba- you you see bagpipes you're like, "Oh, here comes the bagpipe song." This time it was like different notes and different like melodies. And I was like, all right, Hans Zimmer's doing something really fucking interesting. Cool. Yeah, it was interesting. It was definitely interesting. I don't know. I liked a lot of the themes. I thought the, the music was very dark and helped drive the tone. The, the, this constant like shit, bad shit, ominous shit is going to happen any second. Yeah. yeah. And it's just constantly waiting for it. Like even even when uh, Paul Atreides is like he may be this messiah, but like even when he has his full dream of when he gets like a uh, I don't know he starts he starts huffing spice out in the desert right his dream is 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 terrible like he doesn't even he doesn't even want, really want to start his holy war 
but he, he's going to just because he's a fucking child and he wants to get revenge. And he may destroy the universe in the process. So, you know, I don't know. I, I, I like all of the, these ideas, and, and it, it's nice having a, a superhero story where, like, being a superhero is kind of a curse. It's not a blessing. There is no, there's no gift. Right. He's not like, oh, shit, this is cool. I want, totally want to do this. He's like, man, if this happens to me, that's going to be the worst. Wait, hold on. I don't watch that many superhero movies, but I feel like that's a very common theme in them. No, I mean, usually, like, when, you, like, Superman, like, yeah, he may struggle with his own personal identity bullshit, but he's still out there doing good for the world. He's still out there saving the fucking cat from the tree. In this, in this, in this series, Paul's going to go get these Fremen, and they're going to start a jihad. And it is, it's a religious war that it may wipe out all known life, you know, in, in the universe. Just because he's using the Fremen to get revenge for on the Emperor for you know for his his father, I don't. That, that, does that make him a good guy? Does that make him a bad guy? They even pointed I mean, it out in the movie. Go ahead, go ahead. I was just gonna say I think that's the interesting thing about these kinds of of stories is the the implications of like well if there's an oppressive regime that is maybe for some people in the universe doing good things, but for this particular planet and these particular people, like no, they're fucking assholes fuck you get off our planet like leave us alone to start a religious war or a holy war or just uh stop oppressing us like that's that those are interesting ideas to explore and then the the motivations behind it is where it becomes like well who's the good guy who's the bad guy what you know how can you qualify these things without talking about who is propagating harm onto other people and i think that's part of what he's wrestling with in some of these visions yeah, I, f- I forget what the the line is, but even when they they show up on um, on Dune for the first time, they start calling him the Messiah, and uh, his mom's like, "Yeah, the Bene Gesserit have been here, and they're they're laying the path for us." And he's like, "Oh, they're they're just seeing what they've been told to see, or believing what they've yeah. been told to believe." And it's just he is aware of the role that him and his family are playing. I I I, I kind of like that. I, I guess you have to do that today, though, because otherwise it's just a normal white savior film. It still kind of is. Well, I mean, that's the that's the book. Wow. Well, that's that's the issue with the book is that even even the Bene Gesserit, like they're the fucking women that are pulling the strings from the shadows for you know thousands of years, setting up all this stuff, and they're total badasses. But they need a dude to finally make it work for them. Like what? Well, I mean, if you think about it in terms of like, uh, so I mean, like when. When Frank Herbert was writing Dune, like he was pulling from Lawrence of Arabia, and I mean that is the real life white savior story. Only it doesn't work out that well, you know. And that's the story of Dune. It doesn't work out that well either. Yeah, it does not work out well. Hmm, interesting. Spoilers, Brian. Well, I mean this. <laughs> no, the first, like the second part when you get to Dune one, like no, it, it's going to wrap up exactly like you think it's going to wrap up. It's just where it goes from there. I was really disappointed. I thought Zendaya would be in this movie, but she was not really. At she all. was in. They cross cut to her for the entire fucking movie. Like, what are you talking about? She's not in the movie. In that same shot with the lens flares. I saw her yeah, yeah, turn yeah. around and look at the camera, and she said Paul once, and that was super exciting. <laughs> that was like half her dialogue I mean, was saying his name. I think she was trying to sell a perfume called Paul. Yeah, right? <laughs> Le Paul. Buy it today. 
Actually, that would be an excellent perfume commercial. I support this. <laughs> okay, so I kind of felt that way the first time I watched it was like, wait, why Why do we not have more time in the desert? Why do we not have more time with the Fremen? Zendaya is super cool with this character, but I want to see like some interaction between her and Timothy Chalamet. But the second time around, it's like, no, they're delivering a lot through all these visions. Because if you just cut those, if you just took those little like cross-cutting visions and put them into their own thing, that would be like at least 20 minutes of the movie. Like it's a pretty significant chunk considering that it's only about two hours and 15 minutes. Like that last Star Wars, those visions. Anyways, bad. (laughs) (laughs) You know, dude, I thought you were going to bring up Attack of the Clones and be like, sand it's rough it's coarse no 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 we're gonna make it, yeah, that, that's the obvious that's the obvious star wars thing to say oh, oh so sorry. that would have been thinly veiled is that what you're saying uh, yeah oh my gosh i think on that note ladies and gentlemen we're gonna take oh, a that, break that's what did it <laughs> we're gonna Man. play the trailer for denny villeneuve's dune we'll be right back My planet Arrakis is so beautiful when the sun is low. Rolling over the sands, you can see spice in the air. The outsiders ravage our lands in front of our eyes. Their cruelty to my people is all I've known. What's to become of our world? A boy. (laughs) Duncan, can I trust you with something? Yes, always. You know that. I've been having dreams about a girl on Arrakis. I don't know what it means. Dreams make good stories. But everything important happens when we're awake. Hey, you. Want some muscle? I do. No. We are House Atreides. There is no call we do not answer. There is no faith that we betray. Smile, Gurney. I am smiling. The Emperor asks us to bring peace to Arrakis. House Atreides accepts! I know you. There's something awakening in my mind. You need to face your fears. Come with me. You need to be ready. You never met Harkonnens before. They're not human, they're brutal. The Duke's son sees too much. This is my dude. Kill them all. God in heaven. Get everything with guns off the ground! Go! This is an extermination. They're picking my family off one by one. Let's fight like demons. Dad, what if I'm not the future of House Atreides? A great man doesn't seek to lead. He's called to it. But if your answer is no, you'll still be the only thing I ever needed you to be. My son. If anything happens, 
protect Paul. With my life. Only together can we stand a chance. That was the trailer for Denny Villeneuve's Dune. Come on, what'd you guys think of that trailer? That trailer was. Excellent. I mean, that was that was a pretty fucking amazing trailer, and I'm so glad I didn't see it before I watched the movie. Dude, how did how the fuck did you miss that trailer? Yeah, did you not see uh, that trailer? No, that I was actively the first time I saw it. the trailer too, and I'm also glad that I didn't see it before I watched the movie. Full media blackout, my dude. Actively avoided that shit because you, there you, was. You do realize that there was another movie and then a book and then a TV show like adaptation. Uh, and there's a new TV series yes. too. And I, so I haven't read the book yet because everyone that I've heard talk about it, I'm just like, not a lot. Um, so maybe eventually I'll get around to trying to read the book. But I haven't seen the other movies in like 20 years. And so I was not going to brush up on them because I was really excited for this because I fucking love Denny Villeneuve. And I was really excited that this was going to be amazing. And I'm super glad that I accomplished full media blackout. Didn't watch a trailer. Barely looked at posters. Most of the actors that were in it were a surprise. A delightful surprise. It paid off. That's what I'm trying to say. Well, except for the fact that everyone talked about Zendaya in this movie. And I saw her on so much stuff. And I was like, is she in the movie, though? Because I don't think she is. Well, she's going to be a bigger part, you know, in, in the next one. Oh, well, I'll just wait a couple of years. Cool. <laughs> I mean, look, I, she was in the movie more than uh, fucking Harvey R. Bardeem was. I mean, he was barely in the fucking thing. Who is that? Javier Bardeem. Academy Award winning actor from No Country oh, for yeah, Old Men. Yeah, that person. That totally clears it up. Thanks, He was, he was No Stilgar. Country for he Old was, Men. He was the leader of, of the... <laughs> Are you for real? He's the leader of that? the Fremen tribe. He was the guy who had the hood on. He was always oh, kind of... Cut. He's guy. the one who walked into the, the throne room and spat in front of all I the people. I wasn't expecting him yeah. to Thank be in it at all. I didn't I didn't even know he was in it or know who he was. And so, no, that was... I didn't. Yeah, no... I think he had more lines than Zendaya did, actually. What? No, because she had a lot of like narration stuff. Maybe. That was, like, Are we counting things. that? That's not, 100%. No. She's she in the lines. fucking movie. She said lines. She spoke <laughs> words that are in the movie. Again, okay, I, I do. I have to agree with you. Like The first time I watched it, it felt like well, she wasn't in the movie. But then watching it again and realizing, no, she's 100% in the movie. And contrary to uh duncan idaho's whole like perfect line of you know dreams are interesting stories but what really matters is what happens when we're awake or however he said that beautiful line this movie is setting up so many ways that like dreams and visions and fever dreams like no these are things that are actually happening to us because we are emotional experiential creatures and we see things that happen when we're sometimes awake and when we're sometimes asleep i feel like all of those visions were an integral part of the movie and so i liked zendaya in this film that's what i'm trying to say well i liked her in it too i just wanted to see more of her that's all i'm excited to see more of her in the next movie yeah, she will have a bigger part in the next one. So there I mean, you we go. don't know that. We don't know that. Well, I mean, look, we they're pretty faithful that. to the uh, the book <laughs> source. So yeah, we do know. She, yeah, <laughs> her and Paul are gonna get it on and have a baby. 
Hell or yeah. Something. They're going to get some children on that dune. Mm. I, I was really surprised watching this, though, uh, like how beat for beat this does follow David Lynch's version pretty closely. The first, like, hundred minutes of David Lynch's dune? Uh, it's, it's like the first hour. Yeah. Of, of his version. Um, it's just it's just very stretched out. You get a little bit more detail. Things are, are more coherent. Um, you know, I did miss a little of the weirdness, though, from Lynch's stuff. Yeah, but how much of the, the weirdness did they lean into the weirdness because they didn't have the budget or the freaking technology to do some of the crazy cool things that they did visually in this one? I don't know, man. You know they, what I mean? They, they do a lot of crazy... I mean, that uh, like when... <laughs> When they do space travel, a giant space slug comes out, sucks a bunch of spice up, and then <laughs> opens like a, I don't know, like a teleport. Uh, they collapse space and time somehow and pop out on the other end of the universe. It's got a bunch of really weird egg and sperm imagery going on there. Um, mm. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of dicks in, in his version for sure. Yeah, and a lot of vagina faces. You don't forget about yeah, vagina 100%, mouth. 100%. 100%. I'm really looking forward to this, guys. I'm sad we didn't watch this movie now. Yeah, I haven't seen it. I'm, I'm, we wow. could still watch it. I didn't. I, I've never said that we should not watch it. I just wanted to watch this one first. That was my only thing. You and your weird rules. <sighs> so many rules, Craigsy. Not rules. Just life priorities. Desert power. Sorry, I uh, just had to say that. Sandy vagina. Oh, wrong movie series. Sorry. Desert Power was the stupidest fucking line, line in the movie. <laughs> like, what does that even mean? Come on. Well, it's desert power bro. from the desert, obviously. Mm. It's, so, like, it's the little power mice? that the desert people have. I, they, they said it, like, four or five times. I only laughed the one time at the very end when they see, see the Fremen dude, like, riding the sandworm. He's like, Desert Power. <laughs> yeah, I, that, I also laughed at that. That was which? Who was riding the sandworm? We don't know who. Yeah, it was. we don't know who it was. Okay, because I, I was like, oh yeah, yeah. We 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 saw the uh, the the transitional judge, the black lady that spent so much time in that third act or second act. We saw her trying to, or what we had to assume was going to be something like that. That that I felt like was probably the biggest fan service moment, which when she pulled out her like hooks and. If you've never seen this before, you didn't know what was going into it. It's like, what the fuck is she going to do with those, like, climbing hooks? But everyone that's seen anything else is like, oh, shit, she's about to call that worm. And then she died. Spoilers. I think Warner Brothers kind of shot themselves in the foot on this fucking release. I, I think this is one of those... I think, I think Dune's one of those movies that an audience will go back and, and watch multiple times in the theater. And the fact that this is streaming on HBO Max, I think a lot of people are just going to stream it again at home yeah of course mm. it's yeah. easier i was actually really looking forward to seeing this in the theaters and then i was like oh it's on hbo i'll just watch that instead <laughs> i might have enjoyed it a lot more if i went to the theaters i would recommend seeing it in imax yeah i do, I do actually i do really want i i, I do really want to watch this in, in the theaters at the very least in the mm -hmm. theaters imax i think would obviously be best I mean, it, there's there's so much happening auditorily that if you don't have like a crazy nice sound system at home, like you're you're missing out on a major piece of the film for sure. But also like watching it in IMAX, they do a really good job. Like all the interior scenes are in like the the two thirty five aspect ratio, that major widescreen, and then all the exterior scenes are like IMAX. And so there's this really interesting like intimacy to all the stuff that's inside, and then just giant scope 
for all the things that are like on the, especially in the exteriors of Arrakis. Like it's 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 fantastic to experience in the theater. Interesting. Did it change aspect ratios on TV? No, it doesn't. It didn't. I was waiting for it, and it didn't. Like it could have because you know, it's just mostly sixteen by nine ish. Some of it's a little more four by three, but it didn't. I mean, that makes sense. Like, go to the theater, pay for the fucking IMAX ticket, get your more real estate there. We're not going to give yeah, it to you 100%. on streaming. Go fuck yourself. But they better come out with a goddamn 4K or a Blu-ray of this that's got <laughs> got the movie matted the way the director intended. 100%. I want to I want to see that for sure. Well, I, I didn't even get to see the full frame in the IMAX because we don't have a laser projector here. So it was only opened up to, like, uh, what was it, one one nine to 1 or something, I think it was. Yeah, was it wasn't quite the full. And also... The fucking IMAX here has a giant, like, in the top middle third of the screen, there's, like, a big dark spot that was bothering me the entire time Watch it. I was watching it. Did you see that, Brian? Dude, uh, no. I, every, I was just looking at the text. Every time the text was popping up on screen, it was killing me because it was all fucking rasterized with, or, or anti-alist, like, stair-stepping, <laughs> like, just out the ass on, like, every, any piece of curved text. And if you've seen this movie, like, all the text is curved because of the font they used. That's true. It's... Oh, Got stair stepping on a fucking IMAX screen. They, yeah, they were, that's, they were cutting corners, Brian. Well, it was just okay. I, I I feel like this is the first I've seen. I've seen other movies on the IMAX screen that we have here in Memphis. Apparently, it's been previous times, and I haven't watched anything the last three years on this screen. But the top third, there's like a giant. It looks like someone put like a, a power window that was like, let's reduce all the highlights and just make them darker. And when it's like wide shots of the spaceships and stuff, like you, you don't notice because they're all, you know, like 65, 70 IRE. But every time it's exteriors of fucking desert where it's supposed to be like pure white because it's so bright because it's the desert, it was like this giant like dip in brightness levels and it was super annoying and distracting. Oh my. Uh, that being said, uh, uh, did you it have a hard watch an IMAX. No, it was very soft. Like, I, I, I don't know if it was like just a some sort of thing on the projector or on the screen that they were projecting through, huh. but it was very distracting. I don't even know how they fucked that up. Yeah, I know. It's, <laughs> I don't either. That's bizarre. It was bad. Malco, get your shit together. Yeah, get, up, get us a goddamn better IMAX, you lazy bastards. <laughs> if I'm going to pay fucking $20 for a screen, I want to I see it properly. I want dual laser fucking 4K projectors, all right? You have to go to fucking Chicago. That's our closest goddamn... That, man, I fucking miss Chicago. City. Their IMAX screens are just... They're stupid. That's Yeah, that's what I saw Interstellar on, and it was one of the greatest movie-going experiences of my entire life. Yeah, I, yeah, I saw uh, Blade Runner uh, 24... Uh, was it? Uh, 2049. Yeah, at that uh, Navy Pier. Oh, it's so great. Yeah. It's like five stories of IMAX gliorious-ness. <laughs> yeah, but the concession stand there is really bizarre. There's nobody there to like take or give you concession stands. It's just like get grab your popcorn right here and here's a drink cup. Go pour your own fucking drink. And it's like, what is this shit? It was like prepackaged box popcorn. Yeah, it was like already. Yeah, it was. Like, well, it wasn't in a box. It was like in a normal like you know movie theater bag or a bucket if you get a large. Or I'm sorry, a tub. What we're ultimately saying is that you should definitely go see this movie again on a big-ass fucking screen. Ah, that's the TLDR. Gotcha. Or you can just watch it on the big screen the first time, and then you don't have to watch it a second time. Or you can no. watch it a third time. There's also it, that. It's a multiple-watch kind of thing, guys. 100%. Absolutely. 
Well, isn't everything? I mean, well, <laughs> no, not everything. No, that's fair, Brian. Except for Halloween yeah. Kills, Radio Flyer. What are some other bad ones we've done here lately? Uh, um, <laughs> funny games. Oh, oh. no, we did watch that two times because we watched the same movie twice, made fair. twice. Fair. I didn't hate funny games. Well, you know, when you make it right the first time, what else do you do? You just Why make do it, it again. again. The same Why language. Do it you, put, you put it in a different language. <laughs> That's what you do. Guys, let's remake Doom. Only this time, they're all going to speak French. Okay? Let's do nice. it. Nice. Canadian French. <laughs> French Canadian. The Canadians yeah. are always last at the end of the sentence. That's right. Get it right. Listen, I like Canada. I want to put them first, okay? Uh, they, are, they are America's hat. Gonna let that one breathe a little bit. I'll put some uh, some cricket sounds maybe under there. <laughs> maybe some children crying. A little throat singing. <laughs> now the throat singing in this was cool. Oh man, that scared the shit out of me when the movie started. <laughs> Before the logo. Dreams are messages oh, man, from that the was... deep, and it's like, oh my god, what the fuck is happening? Oh, so good. That was a fucking baller move too. That was pretty cool. But the throat singing right at the beginning, like you're about to, you're about to fucking doing it. I thought it was another trailer. <laughs> it felt like it, right? Yeah, it's, it's just like oh, I was like, all right, okay, here we here we go. We're gonna get started. I thought I missed part of the movie. <laughs> I kept trying to like I like was like wait did I when I tried to rewind it and you know <laughs> they're like this is actually the very beginning actually you know what I did the same thing Kristen I did I did I, I swear I restarted it because I thought that it, we skipped it skipped right into it yeah because they do yeah. that sometimes <laughs> yeah no shit like yeah and there was an ad before yeah uh, for oh yeah a, no for, for sure wait there was an show. ad on on HBO Max there was an ad yeah as soon as, as soon as you hit play it, it starts with an ad for something else and then it goes into it yeah it's built into the film so if you try to skip it you're like oh shit now i have to go back and watch this yeah what was the ad yeah, for got... it was just another trailer for some uh, other show was, or uh, movie or whatever um oh fuck what was i forget it? what it was i watched it two something days about lambs or something um or man i did not get that i didn't get yeah really? yeah uh, was it the, um the ridley scott show that they that they made that the first two episodes were good and the rest of the show oh, raised by wolves? sucked balls. Raised yes. by wolves. That's yes. it. It's oh, so okay. terrible. If you're trying to watch it, stop. Just don't don't finish it. I it doesn't go anywhere. Kind of like that, that trailer looked great. It's a it, it has so much promise and it doesn't go anywhere. Wow. Just stop. Stop now. I Same thing with it. the servant. Or yeah, it didn't. Wait, the me. M Night one? Yeah. On Apple TV. Don't tell me that, bro. I thought M Night was making a comeback here. You might like it. Who knows? You like <laughs> shitty you like shitty stuff. But Brian doesn't like TV, so. <laughs> oh, that's right. You're not going to like it because it's TV. Even though, like I said, the new the new Chucky uh, TV show is getting great reviews. Hopefully it's going to live up. I mean, it has Brad Dorff, so what more can you ask for? It's got everybody. Hells yeah, it does. Brad Dorff and Jennifer Tilly. That, I'm, I'm sold. And his daughter and the original Andy. and like Everybody's back, baby. Oh, shit. Yeah, I think even the girl from parts uh, Child's Play 2 is in there. She is. We haven't even touched on the uh, the bad guys, the villains in this. Dave Batista and uh, Stellan Skarsgård. What'd you guys think of them? Dude, Stellan's so badass as that big giant worm creature thing who lives in oil or like regenerates himself in weird oils. He's not a worm creature. He's just 
so rich that he doesn't have to actually walk anymore. I kept thinking of Fat Bastard from Austin Powers. <laughs> <laughs> so, wait, he, he, he can just float around? I thought he thought he's like a... He, isn't he elongated? No, 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 that's, that's just, like just his the, clothes. His, his costume. Cloak. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so he's when, always, when okay. he floats up that it, it's just that long. He's just a big round fucking slob. I, okay. I, I was I was very confused when he floats up. The first cuz I I watched this kind of watched it twice. And the first time that he floats up, I thought he was just like an extra tall person and I was like that's so interesting that they made him this giant creature. And all the times that he's like floating in the oil, I'm like the man knows how to enjoy himself. Like you can't hate him for that. God, that is yeah, so 100%. gross when he comes up out of that black gooey <laughs> shit and his fucking eyes are open and he's got it in his eyeballs. And it's like, ah, oh, bro, it's so nasty. Clean your face. <laughs> he likes yep, it. That's yep, how yep, he relaxes. Yep. It's like he's like having like a flower bath. And he's now. like, all you guys stand around and watch me, babe. <sighs> So nasty. <laughs> Bro, like half the movie, that motherfucker is like, "Look, yeah, I'm in a, I'm in a future sauna, right? And I'm just naked. Gather around me." I mean, if I was gonna rule, that's how I would do Come it. Come closer. There's, there's some apocalypse now homages there, like, like the, the close up of his hand, like wiping the sweat, sweat off his, his fucking yeah. bald. Yeah, there's, yeah, that, yeah. You're right. You're right. That is a nice homage right there. But like, so that, that was one of the things that I do actually remember from, from David Lynch's Dune was how just gross fat he this Harkonnen dude is. And I don't remember much more than just my disgust at the character. And I thought it was like actually a pretty interesting interpretation of like, no, this guy has been leading the family that has been making what, eight or ten billion whatever credits, rubles, dollars, whatever their their monetary system is. They've been. They have personally, their family, been making ten billion a year from running Arrakis. So he's just filthy rich. If if they have the one scene in the beginning where the uh, the whole delegation from the Emperor comes to the planet and they're like, "How much is this costing?" and he says something like one point four million credits or whatever. This is super expensive. If one point four million credits is crazy expensive. And this family has been making 10 billion credits every single year from running Dune. This guy is making fucking bank. So he's he's rich out his ass. And he's like, what am I going to do with all my money? I'm going to fucking eat it. I'm going to enjoy every single type of, like, whatever food that I want. And I don't have to, like, worry about my body because I can just float everywhere. This is a rich dude that knows how to spend his money. He's going to spend... Boot oodles of money on like fucking dudes that are gonna go and kill people for me, and then I'm gonna eat the rest of it. It's legit. Like he goes to the planet, he takes back over the place that he was just kicked out of, and he's like, "You guys have a great chef." Like that's the one thing he says about it. I'm gonna eat all of the food, and everyone else is around him, just watching him eat. Like that's his whole fucking thing. I like his little uh, whatever that gizmo is that makes him fly too. The, yeah, like it's in his his like spine, spinal column or whatever. Like it's it's pretty dope. The first time yeah. you see it and it lights up, I don't know what that sound effect there is so fucking dope when it comes on. Oh god, it's so great. I do, I do like that that scene um, when he's sitting there eating across from uh, Oscar Isaac's character, and he's just sitting there nude and just just <laughs> like laid out like yep. his, the way his yep. position <laughs> in his head is. It's oh man, man it's so it's so fucked up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Oh, it says so much just from fucking blocking, man. Then he knows how to uh, how to move actors around for camera. We haven't talked about the Fremen very much. 
Like they have all of those still suits that they've designed and they're living in the desert and we see like little bits and pieces of them more. We see more of their culture through um, Paul's visions than we do of them actually like interacting out in the world, like during the movie, quote unquote, during the waking hours, if you will. But they have such interesting experiences with them. I I, I love the depiction of the Fremen in this. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, you you really don't get to see too terribly uh, much, though, in the, in this one. Um, the second one. Yeah, they, they just give you like little glimpses. Um but I'm, you know, I'm kind of okay with that. You know, I, I if you if you yeah, try to put too much, yeah, you try to put yeah. too much in it, it's it's gonna get confusing. And it's like let me just kind of let let me let me follow Paul's story and let's let's focus on him, right? And we'll get introduced with the world, or you know, with him because he's new to Dune. Um, I think that's a good story uh, structure. It, I do hope for the next one that they open it up with you know more of these characters and we get to know them a little bit and we get a little bit away from Paul. I, I think the weak point of the movie is actually Paul's not very, he's not an interesting character. He's actually the kind of the, the most boring character of this entire story. <laughs> really? I mean, it's not the actor. I think Timothy Chalamet's doing a fine job um, with what he's given to work with. It's just, you know, it's, it's from the book. I think it's just the story. Yeah. Well, that's the struggle of a story. That's very misogynistic and white, supremacist like white saviorism like the ways that you can redeem a story that starts so heavily into those themes um i think they did a really good job of balancing some of those oh what, what did you guys think about the uh the bullhead they kept cutting to why why do you what do you guys think they uh they kept showing that i was wondering that too actually i don't know why i could make a guess but i don't think that i've seen it enough times to know if that my guess would even be close. i want to hear your guess well, well, hold on. Well, hold on. Maybe we're talking about. Wait, tell tell me before well, there's, there's I two make like imagery. There's, there's, the, <laughs> there's the bowl that's on the wall that like starts off uh, on the the home world that okay. gets packed up and then is yeah that's um, the one they cut placed on the wall times. again. And then there's also the bull fighting little figurine yeah, yeah, that yeah. gets cut to like there's like six inserts of that that like yes. Paul's always looking at. And then there's I also remember, the bull that's... and the grave marker. Oh, that's yeah. That's oh true. yeah. Well, I was okay. All right, so here's my guess. Now that I'm making, I'm sure we're talking about the same thing. Okay, um, thank you. <laughs> my guess would have to be that I don't know the story. See, I'm just making. All right, whatever. My guess would have to be that like the whole point of the bull is that it's this animal, and you're trying to manipulate it to do what you want, and so, but it's an intelligent animal. But at the same time, like the whole goal is to like stab it right like you're trying to get it to do what you want right isn't the whole point of bullfighting and provoke it and so i'm wondering if it has something to do with like you know kind of the art of war and like learn your enemies and like all of that that's my guess i have no idea mm. yeah I'll, I'll i'll go with that um yeah, the only other thing i can like even maybe they're also trying to say that maybe the atreides were not too far from what are the harkonnen called in this movie Harkonnens. Harkonnens. It's, it's just it's, a different pronunciation. You can call it whatever you want. Bro, it, we'll, we'll know what you're talking it, about, Brian. Yeah, it's fine. Okay, yeah. It's just it's soaked in my brain that way. Anyway, like uh, <laughs> it, it feels like maybe like the the bullfighting is kind of like it's like a it's a Stone Age archaic thing, and they're maybe it's very violent, and they're not too far removed from that as mm. a as a house as well. Mm. But you're right; it is also at the same time like. But they do a lot of like sword fighting. They do a lot of archaic exactly. things. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, but I feel like at least with bullfighting and my limited knowledge of it, it's like it's sort of like sword fighting, right? It's a very artistic and skilled thing where you have to study your opponent, at, at, right? Like, in, no, uh, you're right. Uh, According to this, it's, it's it's part of what their family did. Okay. It's it, it, like the 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 father. Well, it's what their grandfather uh, did. The, the grandfather, grandfather was the bullfighter. Yeah, yeah, he was the right. bullfighter yeah, no, and they, just did they it. They mentioned sport, that several you know? times. So it's yeah. just it's just like it's it's the representation of their family. It, it's the, well, yeah, well, no, no, so no they, but Jared, they cut to that bull it's, multiple it's times. It's the representation in their family. Yeah, I know, but they're like, hey, we're trying to do this. It's, it's the grandfather died fighting a bull, and like that right. was like they they mentioned that in one of the exposition lines. They said that like that was the thing that he did a lot. It's not a representation of their family. It's just a thing that that I I have to assume that the the big bull that's on the wall was one that the grandfather killed. Hmm. Oh, was it? I thought it was just a statue. It's not. I thought it was just a piece of metal. Is it? Is it stuffed? It's one yeah, hole. it looked metal. Well, well, there's the one on there's the there's the bull head on the wall, and then there's the like the figurine of the bullfighter with the bull that gets cut to several times. Yeah, but I thought they were yeah. both metal. Maybe I don't know. Oh, okay. I gotta go back and watch it again. I'll, I mean, I'll the one watch the, it again. The head that's on the wall, like you see, like fur and it, like it, I mean, maybe it's made out of metal, but it looks like it's a stuffed head of a bull. Yeah, yeah. And Leto Atreides is staring at it while he's, you know, facing down his final enemy of of the um, the Harkonnen Duke dude, Mister Fatso. <laughs> I don't know. I thought I thought it was some pretty interesting imagery of like. Uh, the first couple times, well, I've only watched it twice. The first time I watched it, I was getting the impression of like, well, this is a, a bull is raging. It's it's brutal. Um, you have that one line of the Harkonnens. They're not human. They're brutal. And so like the, the representation of our family legacy is fighting the brutal bull, which we've kind of provoked, but also could totally kill us because it's bigger and stronger than we could try to be i think that's a really interesting like comparison between the two houses we don't have a whole lot of um exposition about like the politics that is in this world and and dune is known for being a giant sweeping epic that is like 80 percent politics and and inner dialogue about politics so i think this imagery of bulls and bullfighting is it says a lot without saying much at all, and I think that's a really interesting way to explore it. But one of the theories that I've heard um, about the bull is that, like, we spend so much time in this movie talking about dreams and visions and the future, and Paul is, like, destined to become this thing that is, like, going to do something in the universe. But at the same time, like, any at any point in time, there could be the bull that is born at the same time that's going to kill me in the future. So in the like looking at this figurine of his grandfather fighting a bull, here he is considering his future, considering what he's going to be as far as legacy in the House of Trades and he's having all these visions of other things that are happening and at any point in time there could be something that's also set foot in the universe of this could be my demise and I'm just walking closer to the thing that will finally kill me. But I think also it- Uh, kind of on that is like you do need to walk up to the thing that can kill you in order to Mm. to kill it you know to face it yeah to be a man 
No, well, or a woman prove something to, to prove something but to yourself, to, or well, to you know to to persevere over whatever. I mean, in this case, they're fighting for I don't know worlds or something. I'm not really sure. Um, whatever they're fighting for. Well, he's you fighting know? for revenge. I mean, that's what's motivating uh, yeah, him. But yes and no. Well, after his father dies. Yeah, he was. Yeah, well, he, he wasn't fighting at all before then. Well, he's like a he one teenager. Yeah. Like he was. He was Luke Skywalker. He went eventually. I'm, I'm going around looking for power converters. <laughs> I just want to go to Tashi Station. Where's Tashi's? <laughs> Come on. You know, I mean, there there is a, like the whole interaction with the the Reverend Mother, whatever her name is, like where he yeah. puts his hand in, and then he he realizes like. No, fuck you. I'm going to sit here and succumb to all this pain. God, that's a great moment. God, that, that's such a great fucking moment. I got chills. And David messy. Lynch's Dune starts in that moment. Like, the fact that they choose to make that, like, what, 20 minutes into the movie? And no, we, Lynch's we doesn't set up, start there. Does the book start there? Something starts there. Uh, I don't know if the book starts. Uh, no, the book does not start there. There's a little bit of okay. uh, a setup, too. Uh, I've heard other nerds talking about something starts there, and I just... That may be the first time you uh, pick up Paul Atreides uh, in the book. I don't know. I just, man, I just read the first hundred pages of Dune like <laughs> fucking four days ago, and I can't remember. I don't so, know. So, like everyone, you tried to start Dune, and then you got halfway through it, and that's as far as you got. Yeah, it's only two hundred pages. <laughs> no, no, it's like seven hundred no, no. pages. That, that's oh, as far so as like, I got. I, no, it's only uh, it's uh, it's it's around four something, four hundred and something. It just feels like seven hundred. <laughs> Well, the appendixes <laughs> in the back with all of the goddamn definitions of everything. Because, like, in this oh, movie... Oh, it's one of those books? Oh, oh, oh. And, okay. and, and, in the movie, they call it spice all the time. And, like, yeah, that's the same. But in the book, it's the melange spice. You know, like, oh, everything's oh, more complicated. Okay. Like, even Paul, like, Paul Atreides, he's got, like, fucking... And they drop it in this movie. They give him, like, three different fucking names. And he's he'll end up going by, like, four or five by the, the time everything's done. Like that little desert mouse that he sees, like he takes whatever the Fremen have for that desert mouse, whatever they call that, he takes that as his Fremen name later. Wait, is that where the Moardib thing Yes, Moardib. Yeah. That's kind of annoying how he's like, oh, I'm such a humble person, even though I come from money and I'm the Duke. Like, get over yourself and like step into your power, dude, and like do something. Well, he does at the end of the movie. Come on now. That's the part you liked. That's the only part I liked. Yes, that is correct. <laughs> well, I mean, look, it, it is a hero's journey. If he was a badass from the get-go, I don't think I'd like to watch the movie. I would. That would be a great fucking movie. No, I'd be like, no, yes, let's go no, pick some be every superhero movie, and that's why you're bored by the superhero exactly. movies. Exactly. Yeah, is it, it is. 100%. 100%. Unless, you know, you're watching The Dark Knight. like something in between. Oh, I like The Dark Knight, yeah. Kristen, you redeem yourself. Aww. <laughs> Just, you, you made me so happy. <laughs> we can talk about Christopher Nolan and Denny Villeneuve all night. No, but like, I mean, okay, okay. But like, he could be like, you know, stepping into his power because he is like a teenager. Why does he have to start off as like a whiny kind of one with like a because whiny mom too? Are. Okay, well, whatever. <laughs> but like, maybe he's like 19 and about to grow out of it or something. And like, he could still have other like... 
You thought Rebecca Ferguson, right. Lady Jessica, was whiny in this? Like, oh my god, all she me. does, all she does, is go. Oh my god, is my son gonna be okay? It's just fear. Fear doesn't have any power. <laughs> it's like, girl, you need to calm down. She was okay, so kicking I, ass left and right. What are we talking about? She was. She only she does at the end. Badass. Only at the end. No, she's so Bullshit. whiny. The whole point. Well, when, she doesn't when, have when to is she... until then. And she's mm-hmm. drugged. She's drugged before then. But no. But come on. What? What? She's in the the ornithopter, and they're they're gonna take her, and they're gonna go like possibly rape her, and then dump her son off into the desert. You know, like. All right. Yeah. She was cool there. She was cool there. That was like a two minute scene. Oh. That was a two oh. minute scene. Oh, sorry. The the first time where something that she can do actually matters for You're her right. life or death. They actually give her. They actually give her lines. She can actually perform. She's actually very fucking cool. But the whole rest of the movie, it's all about her worrying about her stupid little whiny kid. And it's like, come on now. Well, she is a mother. I mean, like they even have that great. They have that great line. Whatever. Come on, that line is fucking great. When he's like, "Look, promise me you'll protect Paul. I will with my life, not as a mother." I'm talking to the Bene Jesuit. I mean, that is fucking powerful. <laughs> that is great. Like, yeah, it uh, is. like the movie even ends with like Paul. He's he's like obviously in love with Zendaya, right? Or Zendaya, whatever the fuck her name is, right? He's staring off at her. He's like, oh look, there goes that perfume shot. I've been dreaming about this entire time. There it is. <laughs> uh, and then he walks off, and his mom gives him a Obsession. like. Wait a minute. <laughs> what the fuck's up with this bitch? I don't know. I don't know if I like what he's doing. That's setting something up for her character to be at confrontation with her son after being, like, so, I don't know, so doting on him. You know? Like, I think that's cool. Obviously, I don't have a problem with a mother loving her child. I'm just saying that her character is kind of one-dimensional in this, and it would have been nice if she... One-dimensional? What? Do you know what? What? Do you yeah. know what? what you're saying right now, Kristen? <laughs> yes. One dimensional. Okay. Like, you're like when we first meet change. the Reverend Mother, and they have the whole <laughs> scene of like, put your hand in the box, or I'm going to fucking kill you with this poison needle. Yeah. The Reverend Mother says something about his mom. She's like, she's like, you can call the guards, but your mom's outside, and no one's getting past her. Yeah, I know. And so I was like, oh, she sounds fucking cool. I can't wait to like, 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 like that learn was more a pretty badass about- moment. Yeah, and every- then we cut yeah. we cut back and forth to her and she's having like a fucking panic attack. Yeah, so she's not about as badass like my as son she is, is probably going to die. She, yeah, like she no, knows so she knows what's not, going down. So it's not cool. It's, she's not cool. The situation is not cool. She's just, no, like worried about her kid. And it was, she was set up to be this fucking badass. And she's like, no, you're not the Duke's son. You're Jessica's son. Like this woman. No, you're not just is, the Duke's son. Well, you have right. you have yeah. dual birthrights. Yes, yes. And and which is have, also very, very cool. That you're not which is also very cool. And they come from the mom. And so the mom is set up to be this amazing character. And then you meet her and you're just like, oh. Okay. <laughs> Look, Until the end. You At the end, she's this cool is only again. Half of, uh, half of a story. Like, I mean, she's going to be amazing. Like, you just. And the second movie. Maybe I should have just watched the second movie in 2024, mm. whenever the fuck it comes out. It's supposed to be 2023, but it probably will be 2024. <laughs> excuse, me, excuse me. I'm so sorry. In 2023. <laughs> no, it'll probably be 2024. You're actually. Mistake is probably correct. Um. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like they they did a lot with her and and all of her all of her visual struggles of her emotions on screen. I haven't read the book, so I don't know. But from all the nerds that I've heard talking about this, there's so much internal like struggle that she experiences that I feel like putting that stuff on screen for her to experience emotions of like, oh, shit, my son is going to die. And I've 
spent all this time trying to to understand and be the Bene Gesserit and we're doing all these things in the universe and we spent thousands of years trying to set up our fucking messiah dude and now i thought i was gonna be the one that brought him in but like i don't know if he's gonna be alive i feel like all that stuff gets communicated with her being like fuck he might die right now yeah and she's she a great actress out. so here's the thing here's the thing guys rebecca ferguson is a great actress i will say she all of the acting in this is phenomenal I have an issue with the script and the characters. That's all. And and even like the like a lot of the script is phenomenal, but there should be more. There should be more. This is incomplete. And as you have pointed it out, incomplete. it is the first half of That's a movie. True. And so this is the thing, though, is that it's just half. You're and none of these. I, yeah, there's so much missing. Yeah, here. you're right. Okay, so let me there's let the, me ask yeah, this question though. From again, from the perspective of a person who has not read the book. If this is a four or five hundred page book, and they're trying to do the first half of it, so two hundred fifty, three hundred pages, and most of it's internal dialogue, like that you, if you try to do it with narration, it's stupid. Do you feel like it should be more because it's it is more, and they've pared it down in such a way that they're trying to make it mostly visual, mostly actors just be experiencing emotion that we can see, and you're like, well, obviously it's more. Well, so like if you read the book and you heard all the internal dialogue and you read all the things that she's trying to say to herself, like, do you think that would be enough? Like, do you think they failed in the writing of of the more and trying to pare it down and make it more visual? That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I don't know. Actually, that's a really great question. It could be a problem with the source material. I have no idea because it is possible that they were like very true to the book and like they they like did a beautiful like rendering of the book and and i do think that the acting is great and i could get that she was struggling internally my problem was that i don't think she is a very like the way that they portrayed her in this section of the franchise or whatever um there's just not much there and her character for what in most of the movie is one dimensional. Is that a problem with the book? Is that a problem with the script? Is that a problem? No, look, 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 they set it up. No, they set it not, up for her to no, be no, fucking no, cool, no, but no, then no, it no, didn't no. deliver. It's, but it's not one dimensional. No, that that's like, all right, no, what word do you want me to use? I, I don't know. Not that one, but it, cause it's clearly not one dimensional <laughs> because she's playing. She's, she's a mother and she's also a, a, a priestess of this order of the Benny Jesuits. Like, and she talks about how, like, She's conflicted in the movie. I mean, she she says it in lines of dialogue where it's like, "Yeah, I'm, I need to be your mother. Yes, I am this guy. I, I'm, I'm this duke's concubine. But at the same time, I'm also an order, and our order is trying to bring about uh, about a messiah, a being that can see everything. And like, I yeah. I fucked up on that. Or I like I screwed my order because I she was supposed to bear only girls. And she bears a son, oh, yeah. right? So, That's right? So so yeah. now, like, literally, like, this sets everything up. Like, everybody is going to – every faction is now going to be against Paul. The problem I have with the screenplay is it has nothing to do with her. It's – I think her plight is great. It's just that Paul – everything that's happening to him is out of his control. It's all things that are destined to happen to him because he is this messiah figure. You know, I, I think she's got she's she's wrestling with a lot of demons. I I think, I think so too. Yeah, I don't think it's a one note, one I dimensional think that character. That was portrayed, you know, but I think that was super boring. Um, you thought that was boring? Yeah. Did I not mention before <laughs> that I did not? I thought this movie was kind of boring because I did. We need to watch Lawrence Arabia. I'm I'm telling you, I like I, I I'll show you boring. Yeah. You think this is boring? I'll fucking show you boring. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jared, for piping up for that. 
<laughs> oh, I, didn't, I forgot you were here. <laughs> uh, hey man, like I said, you guys, you guys are gonna get deep on this movie. I, I, I'm not qualified to talk deeply on this movie, so. Because he also thought it was boring, but. You know. <laughs> Why are you fine, laughing, I can motherfucker? For- <laughs> Shut your mouth. <laughs> I can speak for both of us. It's fine. <laughs> God, look, look at the joy because, on his face. Because it's funny. Because it's funny. Uh, <sighs> this is like, yes, let me torture everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck all of you nerds. <laughs> Listen, hey, don't come Griggs- in here all Alec Guinness like thinking you and- that you're some badass. <laughs> you and Griggs keep throwing that nerd word around. I don't think you know what it means. Like, oh, I know what I mean, it means. Have, have a little more. Where we reverence. break out the action figures. Who has their Dune action figures? Hold on. I I speak of it very specifically because when I hear nerds talking about this movie, I've actually got got the thing that you stick in your nose. Check this out. It's, (laughs) oh, you you have the little little breathing tube? No, I wish I did because it's fucking awesome. (laughs) No, I'm I'm talking about the people who are like, well, I didn't, uh, I didn't like the way that this source material was, was particularly described in this way because every time that I imagined it, it was more of this way and the back of the spaceship was not supposed to be open. It was supposed to be enclosed. Like, Jesus, fuck. Like, watch the movie. Enjoy the movie for the sake of what it is. Like, I don't care about the book. Like, tell me how you felt about the movie. Griggs, if you had seen the OG film and read the book and seen the OG TV series... I watched watched both of the things. You would have been referencing all of those. I watched both of the things, and I specifically decided not to rewatch them because I wanted to experience this for what it you was. You should go back and rewatch and I, that David Lynch movie, though, man. I'm going to. Oh, I am he is next week. What the to. fuck are you talking about? <laughs> well, we can't do it next week because uh, we got last night in Soho. Or oh, I'm so excited for Antlers? that shit. Which one are we going to do first? No, last night in Soho, please, it's please. Last, last night, last in, Soho. night in Soho. I'm just going to say. Right. I'm just going to say. Rotten Tomatoes. Antlers has a fresher score. Than last I night, saw so. that actually I, before I we got care. on it. NPR like blasted it's Edgar Wright. It. I don't care. I want I want Edgar Wright. That's all I care about. Yeah. All right. Okay. You heard it at her first. Last night in Soho, <laughs> followed by Antlers. Griggs pulling all the strings these days. <laughs> <laughs> Dance my puppets. Because he's the only one that's got uh, sand all up in his giant. Sorry, Christian. Of course, I didn't that's mean true. That. And it gets everywhere. I should have thought about that before I said it. Apologize. I'll I don't think Kristen of... was offended by the word John. Well, she just <laughs> shot me eyes, Jared. Maybe you weren't looking no. at the screen. <laughs> See, she's even laughing at it. She's like, oh, yes, I did shoot you eyes for being an asshole. All I have is apologies. Gets everywhere. <laughs> gets My apologies everywhere. get everywhere. That's what we mean. Not, oh, God damn it. Oh. <laughs> it's coarse. Hate them. <laughs> Those were also sand people. <laughs> but they were less free men. Roar, roar. Oh, come on, <laughs> you, you got a sand people roar, Jared. <laughs> roar, 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 roar. <laughs> <sighs> you need more sleep. I am. I'm off the game I, today, yeah, Brian. I apologize. So disappointed. <laughs> I know. I know you can do better. I know. I know. Oh. I, I I found out tonight that they that they have eight percent white claw. Way to go, white claw! Oh, that. it's it's white claw surge. <laughs> yeah, the white claw surge. It's a fully um, loaded citrus soda with carbos. <laughs> wow! Yeah, <laughs> so you had that fucking cocked and loaded. All right, so we're ready to rate Dune. Yeah, 
Who's going first? I'll go first. I don't feel um, like I should really have a comment on this, uh, but for everything that I saw and experienced and, 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 and I really enjoyed, I think this is a really cool movie. I think the, the visuals are absolutely stunning. Uh, all the acting and everything is top-notch. Um, I'm looking forward to watching it again, and I do believe that this is probably something that should be seen in the theaters because this is designed to be an experience, and it should be experienced. So I'm just going to start out by giving it a 10 because uh, I just feel like that it needs it just needs that to just start the world rolling in, in the proper direction. Fair uh, and appropriate. And, um, yeah, and then maybe one day when I have uh, witnessed all of its glory, I will actually live up to my rating. Watch it three more times and then realize that you were correct the first time. Going for gold, baby. So who's going next? I'll go next. Give it to us, Christian. All right. Um, I do think this movie should be seen in theaters. It was visually stunning. The costumes were absolutely incredible. So much time and effort was put into all of them, even if I didn't enjoy all of the choices that they made. Like, clearly it was... It was just incredible and artistic and beautiful, and I loved all of it. Um, I mean, everything about it was beautiful, and the acting was beautiful. Um, a lot of the lines were absolutely wonderful. Uh, I am going to give this, as I mentioned, it was a little boring, and it was very incomplete. And so I actually feel like I can't accurately judge this until the second one comes out. And when it does, I hope I can watch them back to back, at least in the, even in the theaters, because that's how I roll. And so I'm going to give it an eight just on the hopes that the second one will bring everything together. I have so much hope for the second one. It really did get really good right before, I guess, the second one starts. Like, I'm so excited for the second movie. This one was fine. But maybe when I watch the second movie, I would appreciate the beginning more because I feel like that's all this was, was just the beginning. And, like, it didn't go anywhere. It was it was not. The it movie's go tagline anywhere. is It Begins. Well, you know what? There should be an ending, <laughs> too. The end. No, stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Anyway. It's, like, it's, it's like the is, end of Fellowship of the Ring. the beginning. Did we just like, watch a movie where yeah. you were complaining about that? Oh, Halloween Kills. Stop yeah, it. I don't want But that never had a... This. No, oh, stop. That did not have, not have a beginning, a middle, or an end. It was literally just... Yeah, this was only things. a beginning. <laughs> There's like... I'll take, I'll take a beginning, a start of a story over a nothing... No, that was, it was just like just the middle. It was just, it was the, just the middle. You watched the middle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you watched the middle. And That's here what that we, was. we just watched the beginning one. and like it didn't. No, anyway, yeah. it was Look, fine. Okay. And so I'm yeah. going to give it an eight on uh, the hopes that the second one is better. And will as long as it continues this way, I think the second one will help redeem this one. So I'm going to give it an eight. It's on a sliding scale. <laughs> Subject to change in 2024. No, we review movies based on their own merit. As well, if there is no, no other movie. No, she's ever saying her op- her opinion of this film may change. As, yeah, because if with I see the second movies. one and it's shitty, I'm gonna be like, well, actually, the first one like sucks even worse than I thought, and like the ratings gonna go down. I mean, technically, this is only half of a film. Yeah, yeah, it's only half of a film. Where's the other half? I can't accurately judge this. All right, I'm taking it back to a five, Brian. It's only half the rating. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Jared? So, uh, actually, wait, on that note, should I give this a kills? four? 
Uh, I rated sure Halloween rated Kills a 6.5. Yeah. Oh, I right. gave Halloween Kills a 5. So, I mean, I can give this one at least a 5, I guess. Wait, you just gave it what? an 8. Now you're you I know, but we're going to give it we're, we're going to it half cuz it's half a movie. Wait, no, that was just <laughs> something stupid that Jared said. What? No, we're but not. It's a good idea. It's a good What the fuck is happening? <laughs> what the actual fuck is happening? <laughs> This podcast is brought to you by White Claw, <laughs> the hard seltzer. You can try their new surge. God damn, it 8%. must be really fucking hard, Brandon. It is ass kicking. Let me tell you what. <laughs> Jesus, fuck. Might as well be doing some spice up your nose. Man. You think spice burns when you snort it? <laughs> Jared. He breathed. breathed <laughs> of course it does. It's called It's spice. spicy. <laughs> it's spicy. <laughs> Shit. Words have meaning, Jared. They have meaning. We don't use random words, Jared. <laughs> what is happening? I don't know. All right. All right. I'm going to give Brian some time to process, so I'm going to go next. <laughs> Where did she land? I don't know. It was, it I'm, was I'm just going to I'm 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 stay at her eight. I'm, we're not, okay. we're, we're going to skip over whatever else yeah, just happened. We're going to ignore you talking. The eight. <laughs> May cut that out of the podcast. She's going to say eight. And but I warned on. you. I warned you before we did this podcast that it was going to go off the fucking rails. <laughs> you did. You did. Okay. Anyways. I didn't know how bad. This is the way. And we haven't brought that up, that they keep saying that in here, even though there are some but Mandalorian they say ties. This is the they keep way. saying, they, the bullshit, they say this is the they way. They do not the say, beginning. when do they say this yes, is they the do. way? What? This is no, they do. Not, not in the same context of the Mandalorian. Not in the same context, but they do, the say the, they do say the phrase, this is the way. Like, this is the way to the bathroom. No, Wait, when do they say? the way shit's done. <laughs> they, they do not say this is the way. That is not uttered. <laughs> yes, they do. And when? Okay. Name this scene. Right, I'll, go, I'll go watch it right now. In this conversation, which Max of you has watched this it. more than once? To be fair, Brian has seen it more than me, but they did say this is the way. Please continue, Grigsy. <sighs> this ain't the way. Okay, I'm gonna br- <laughs> <laughs> well, my first time watching this on the giant IMAX screen that was 80% quality. Uh, the, f- <laughs> the screen itself, not the movie. The man, the first fucking third of this film, like, um, I I was just in love with every single second that was happening on screen. Like, I I even had the thought while I was sitting in the theater, like, I love everything that is happening up to this point. Like, how much of this is just because it's such a fantastic experience? There, the costume design is so cool. The production design is so interesting. The the shots are so fucking cool. Like, every time a spaceship lands, like, it feels so goddamn epic. Like, how can I not love this movie? oh shit what if this like doesn't go anywhere in the later the second act of the third act like what if this is just the beginning of the story and and i'm so excited about the promise that this story has that that's why i love it and then it doesn't go anywhere i felt like the rest of the movie fucking delivered man like all the fight scenes were super cool um when the harkonnens are coming back to arrakis and those dudes are just dropping from the middle of the sky and they're like slowly falling like every single time that happened, I was like, "This is so, this is so amazing." Uh, every time there was some sort of gun or bullet or or bomb dropped or laser fired, I was like, it, "This looks fucking fantastic." Hell this is yeah. the first time I've seen a. This is the first time I've seen a fucking laser in a sci-fi movie that works like an actual goddamn laser. That doesn't. It's not a fucking lightsaber that stops after three fucking feet. Like. When it shoots through that damn door and they're like, we can't cross to the other side of the room to leave this fucking place because there's a laser. 
I was like, oh, oh, it's an actual fucking laser for the it's first time ever laser. in a fucking sci-fi yeah, movie. It's a fucking what laser. <laughs> You're right, Greg. It's so like, cool. Yes. Like that shit was so fucking cool, man. Like there, there's, there's so much like delightful exposition about like the voice and the the Benny Gesserits and this whole like secret coven of women that are controlling all of the politics across the galaxy. Uh, you know, all the times they're talking about, well, the the people who are trying to fly across space, well, it takes spice to do the things. Like, I have some vague memories of, of the exposition from the other movies and the sci-fi thing, but, like, I don't remember most of it, which is part of what I was excited about. How are they going to explain it in this? I just want to live in this fucking world, man. Like, I, now I kind of want to read the book and see, like, how they actually explain it because there's some cool, like, we don't – it doesn't matter. Like, they – travel across the universe who fucking cares spice is the th- reason that it works no one it uh, you don't need to know like who cares it's a fucking movie that's like everyone that's dies the- in this world griggs <laughs> yeah Eventually. in like really interesting <laughs> like in really interesting like, ways though like like we care about all the characters like, you don't want to not- live in this world is what i'm trying to say <laughs> what oh okay that's fair that's fair but like but man, yeah, I, I as it. a movie that like sets up characters and then like has them do things and then kills some people off like i care about every single death in this movie like even the fucking guards that are like fighting against other whatever like every single time, yeah, I'm like, yes, no, that's that's the worst. I can't believe you died. Damn it! When when Aquaman comes in, or like, yes, he's <laughs> flying that fucking, mo- he's flying that ship, and then the stabilizers are like out of whack. Fix it. And then later, he shaves his beard for the first time that I've seen him ever like without a beard. Like and he looks weird. I was like, what? What is? Who is this? What's he has going no chin. <laughs> he has no chin. He has a weak chin. Man, I fucking love it. Like it's. This movie works for me on so many levels, and I walked out of the theater, and I was like, that was an amazing experience. I loved everything that happened, but maybe I'm just nostalgic on the fact that it was a great experience. Watching it again on HBO Max, seeing everything without the IMAX transitions where it goes from 235 to the 16 by 9 or 133 aspect ratios, like I missed some of that. This movie is worth watching multiple times. I watched it twice in two days. I almost watched it again today just for the hell of it because three times in three days feels like this movie deserves it. Uh, I will definitely watch it again in probably in a few weeks before it goes away from HBO Max. Um, there's nothing that this movie doesn't deliver that it tries to accomplish. Maybe if you're a super nerd and you've read the books and you've watched all the other versions of this, you're like, well, my expectations weren't met. Well, that's because you had some other imaginative version of your expectations. For what this movie tries to do, I feel like it it works on all the levels. There's nothing wrong with this movie. It's a fucking perfect 10. Damn. That is a goddamn good review, Jared. Uh, uh, Mike? No, uh, I, I, yeah. Mike. Yeah, no. You, you just gave it a 10 by default. I was throwing you in there. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, man, dude, I, I don't even know what to say after that. Uh, yeah. Uh, this this is a great movie. Um Super love this film. Um, it's Lawrence of Arabia in space. I love Lawrence of Arabia. This movie yeah. is Lawrence of Arabia in space, and I, I appreciate that the filmmakers took the time. Um, Denis Villeneuve he lets the movie breathe, and he he lets he lets things just happen in the film. And yes, I I really enjoy that, and I I just enjoy his storytelling always. I think I I think I like this better than Blade Runner 
2049. Um, I don't like it as much as Arrival, not to compare it or anything, but just in terms of his work, um, this, this is a really strong adaptation. And, you know, like Arrival, that was also an adaptation. I think he changed more things in that movie just to fit the cinematics and it's just like to, to fix some things visually. Uh, I don't think he did that in this film because he loves the source material so much. And I, you know, I think that's okay. If you're super, if you're a super big fan of this book, you're going to see things on screen that you've never seen before. And that's totally fine. And you can live with those interpretations or you can, or you can not. Um, I understand people saying that it, it's kind of long and it's boring, but I, I'm going to go see this, um, with my wife and IMAX, and I, I, I did watch it on HBO Max first, just because I went to go see uh, No Time to Die in IMAX, and then saw it in a regular theater afterwards, and I don't, I, I did not, just having the IMAX being my first viewing, I didn't really get to, to feel the aspect ratio change, and, and feel it open up. So I, I wanted to watch it on the small screen first, and then see it on the IMAX afterwards, and Man, that, that that was such a tremendous experience for me because I just I, I got I got to to live in the world and and see what the filmmaker was was doing with all the different elements and then just being able to process that and then afterwards going into the theater, seeing it on the big screen and just experiencing it and, and knowing what's going to happen. It was it was it was almost like experiencing it all over again. It, uh, I guess all that is is to say that this is one of those rare movies. That this is a a really visual cinematic treat, and I I cannot stress I can't stress that enough. I think this is a masterpiece of cinema. It's it doesn't emotionally touch me the way Arrival does, but the scope of it, the all of it, for a hundred and sixty five million dollars that this film had for its budget, I don't think I've ever seen for that amount of money. I don't think I've ever seen this kind of scale put on the screen. The only thing I would I would knock on the sets is that maybe the palace looks a very similar to the the Tyrell Corporation's building in Blade Runner with the slant <laughs> design, but you know it does. Yeah, you know you, you're gonna have a homage, homage the best. Obviously, it's a ten. I, it's probably my second favorite Denis Villeneuve movie um, after Arrival, and then I think after that I put Sicario. I don't know. Um, I, that's where I am right now. That may change later, but yeah. Very very solid ten. This is this is a masterpiece. You need to see it on the big screen. And fucking Joe Walker's brilliant editing. Oh my god, made that Zendaya perfume commercial shot just really come together at the end <laughs> oh, of the movie. So so well, right? Like like, god damn, so when well. Timothy like mm. Chalamet like fucking looks at her, I was like, oh, they're gonna cut to the shot. They're gonna cut to the shot. And they do it, and you're just like, yeah, I'm so smart. But then you watch it a second time, and you're like, yeah, it's because the editor was prepping me for that the entire time. 100%. Oh, 100%. I'm not smart. That dude's smart. I'm just the dumbass following his notes. That's what I'm saying, man. Like, the first watching, it's like, oh, no, there's so much cool stuff. I wish they did more with, with Zendaya. No, they fucking did the whole movie with Zendaya. Well, look at you, Christian. You spent the entire time with her. The reason why you wanted more of her is because you spent the whole time with her and then you just never got to see them actually together. Or I didn't get to hear her talk either or do anything except just stare into the camera. Was was your sound system broke when like film females speak? She doesn't have a sound system. She watches on a fucking laptop. No, I have the TV TV and stuff. I have a setup. I have a setup. 
She doesn't talk that much. So it's just she's got those. She's got like you know those. Uh, she's got Asian speakers. So women, when, when women talk, it just goes <laughs> mute. <laughs> it's a lot like uh, you know. That's why I'm always complaining about the lack of female characters. They just don't actually speak on my. TV. <laughs> Suddenly, so many things make sense. <laughs> Gotta get away from those Sony speakers. <laughs> They're just not tuned right, man. Well, with that. You guys been listening to the Movie Crew Podcast. You want to get in touch with us, you can do so by sending us an email to themoviecrew at gmail.com. That's the Movie Crew. Crew is spelled C-R-E-W-E, extra E at the end of the word crew, at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Movie Crew Pod. Jared, where can the audience follow you, good sir? You can find me on the Twitter at Jared B. Callen and on Instagram at CheckTheGate. And Mike, where can they find you? I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Griggsy Media. That's G-R-I-G-G-S-Y Media. And the costume designer with the mostest, where can they find you? You can follow me on Instagram at Kristen Magdalene. That's Kristen with a K and an I. Make sure you have your veils correct. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, bro. We accept absolutely no substitutes. (laughs) Correct veils only. And you guys can find me on Twitter at Elkins Edits. And uh, tonight we're going to be closing out the show with, uh, I think we're going to play track number four from the Dune soundtrack. It is titled Gonjabar. Gonjabar. The little needle. She holds to. uh... (laughs) You talking about when that old lady had that young man stick his hand in her pain box? (laughs) (laughs) She's like, keep it right there. Or it'll. She's like, if you you. remove your hand, I'll kill you. (laughs) I don't even know what to say after that. This is for a composer. (laughs) Jan Zimmer. Yeah? You guys enjoy. Thank you, Hans. Way to make it sexual, Jared. <laughs> That's what he does. That's what he does. <laughs> it's a tan! <laughs> <laughs>
You're listening to the Movie Crew Podcast, and tonight we're going to talk about Dune, part one. I like how you Because I wasn't going to say, uh, yeah, because they added it on there. When you watched it, it all right, I'll stop. I'll wait. <laughs> I was going to say, before, I, can, I can't definitely not say Denis Villeneuve. Denis Villeneuve. You, you just said it. Yeah, oh, okay. Villeneuve. I was, I, I was guessing. Denis Villeneuve. He's French. Canadian. <laughs> You're listening to the Movie Crew Podcast. <laughs> and tonight we are talking about Dune by Denis Villeneuve. Part one. Enjoy. <laughs> Wait, we said French, not like fucking it's, some kind it's of French, a, it's French it Canadian. Went, it went into some weird <laughs> shit. Hello, my name is Denis Villeneuve. I'm here to have sex with your family. (laughs) (laughs) His name is not Alejandro, all right? Calm down. (laughs) All right, derailment begun. All right, go ahead. (laughs) 